You are listening to an official podcast from Kings of Europe, your football link to the European Super Leagues. everyone welcome back to the kings of europe it is thursday night friday morning friday afternoon it's some it's sometime somewhere wherever you are and we have uh we're going to live up to our namesake tonight because we are talking about the kings of europe what this show was designed to do was to talk about the uefa champions league the europa league to a lesser extent and the top clubs in european football and we have all of that tonight we're going to break down all eight group stages of the UEFA Champions League as the draw has been completed. We know who is playing who. We know who the 32 clubs are and where they are sectioned off into what is the group of death and who got an easy draw, who got the, um, the easiest path to the round of 16. By the end of this show, we are going to talk about who are going to be the 16 clubs standing at the end of December when the final the sixth and final match day of the group stage is played who will be playing come February when the round of 16 picks up and what eight teams are going to drop out and what eight teams will be going to the round of 32 in the Europa League we have all of that extensive coverage for you tonight but before we get talking about that I'd like to give a shout out again to our partners the goldmouthscramble.net that's uh, at GB Articles on Twitter, but George Bennett, a uh, good friend of ours, his uh, website, of course, covering everything, Premier League, Bundesliga, La Liga, Serie A, they, they cover it all at thegoldmouthscramble.net, and last week I was talking about a featured article he did on Sadio Mane, I would really like for you guys to check that out. It's a fantastic article, and I can attribute to that because um, he basically spans uh, or, or explains how Sadio Mane came to be the player that he is today, spanning the globe. You know, starting off uh, from the smallest of small in his in his home country to making the path, as I said last week on the show, to Red Bull, the Red Bull Academies, and eventually from there to Southampton, and then from Southampton to Liverpool, which seems to be the path if you're Jordan Henderson or Virgil van Dyke or Sadio Mane. It seems like uh, Southampton uh, is, is, in fact, the, 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 the last stop on the train to Liverpool. But uh, George Bennett does a great job with that. They have some amazing articles this week as well, uh, some pieces on Arsenal. So if you're a Gunners fan, you should definitely check that out. Uh, always covering everything uh, from top to bottom Premier League, uh, those guys are. So... Again, thegoldmouthscramble.net, please check them out. Give them a follow on Twitter, at GBArticles is the uh, Twitter handle name. And we hope to have George on the show again soon. Uh, I know that uh, he's a busy man, and we're on a little bit of a, a different time zone, uh, us being in the States and him being in the UK. But we're going to have him on at some point, of course, to talk about the stuff that's going on with Manchester United. Of course, he is a uh, Manchester United expert. Uh, longtime supporter of the club. 
Uh, not a supporter of Jose Mourinho. He uh, had some some interesting words and a discussion I had with him last week to talk about Jose. So I'd love to get him on the show to talk about that. And we will do that. In addition to that, talking about what Manchester United's chances are as it pertains to the Premier League. And, of course, uh, asking his opinion on what uh, he thinks about Manchester United's chances are in the Champions League, what he makes of their draw, and uh, where he sees the club going from here. Because with Mourinho right now, it's not, they're not going down a good path. And you can tell yourself, as a United fan, if, I, think if, I don't want to say that you're not intelligent if you don't think this, but if you think that things are going in the right direction, you're kidding yourself. They're, they're, they're not. The club is in disarray. It's a complete disaster. Every pundit that I've heard this week is unanimous in that. They, they all agree that it, it is the, the club right now is in complete shambles. The atmosphere is toxic. And Mourinho is the 100% only person to blame for that. So if you're a United fan and you have a working brain, you should be pretty pissed off with Josie Mourinho right now. I know George is, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not. I, you know, I think the club's going in a great direction, uh, being on the opposite side of the fence from that. But, you know, in, in the, sport, in the uh, fairness of competition, it is, uh, it, it is quite a shame what's going on with them uh, if you're looking at it from a sporting perspective, where they once were, and where they are today, you know, with uh, obviously Sir Alex Ferguson being the where they once were portion of this. Then, of course, Moyes and Van Gaal and now Mourinho. And Mourinho seems to be in that third year rut. He never got to year three with Inter. He was at Inter for two seasons, uh, won the treble and then quickly left for Real Madrid. I wonder what would have what life would have been like at Inter in his third season. Yeah, we'll never know. But uh, we do know what life is like. In his second stint in Chelsea, we know what life is like now at United, and uh, he has uh, obviously left Chelsea in a lesser position when he left than they were when he got there, and he is apparently doing the same with Manchester United. Now, United were not were by no means in a great situation when he got there. They were, you know, I'd say barely a top six side in the Premier League. And the reason I'm going so hard on United is because they're such a fascinating club right now. Three points after three match days in the Premier League. Already six points behind the leaders, Liverpool, uh, Chelsea, Spurs. Defeated them last week 3-0 on the road at Old Trafford. That was uh, the worst home defeat in Jose Mourinho's tenure at Manchester United. So that's that's how we're, we're you know, the, the, the opening here is going to be heavily focused on them because they are... They're, 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 in, they're in complete disarray right now. And it's going to be interesting to see how things play out with them as the season progresses. Do we think Jose Mourinho will keep his job? Is he even going to make it to Christmas? Is he going to make it to Boxing Day? That's, all, that's a good question. My thoughts are, if he does not advance past the group stage of the Champions League, if he, if he has this, um, this, this mindset like he did at the end of, well, I guess in the round of 16 when they went out last season, this, this uh, you know, holier-than-thou attitude of, yeah, I've beaten United when I was managing against them. They always lose in the Champions League. No, they don't. They've won many Champions Leagues. This is, uh, you know, going back 10 years, they, were, they, they won a Champions League. This, is, this isn't a club that is used to failure on the grandest stage in Europe or grandest stage in the world. No, this is a, this is a, at one time this was the most successful club in the world. Sorry, Real Madrid. Manchester United was the most successful club in the world. Gary Neville, David Beckham, Giggs, Ferdinand, those guys. You know, you guys remember them, right? Wayne Rooney. 
So they find themselves today probably, as I said, well, today uh, they are not in the top six at all. They're basically, I guess, down, you know, they're not relegation candidates, but they're uh, mid-table uh, right now that stands if you have to go based on recent form. But when Mourinho took them over, they were a barely top six side. They were, you know, hanging on to that by a thread, arguably behind the likes of Arsenal and Spurs and at the time he took over behind Leicester City. So, you know, where he, they find themselves today, are they, in a better, are they any better off than they were two years ago, two seasons ago? No. The answer is a flat no. So far, No. So the, the question is, can United rebound? Talent-wise, what they have on their roster, absolutely. They're a phenomenally talented team. Deep, great players, world champions. Paul Pogba is on that squad. No doubt in my mind they can recover. But will they recover? Do they want to play for Jose Mourinho? Or is there a certain Frenchman who also won a world championship in 1998? who's won three consecutive Champions Leagues by the name of Zinedine Zidane, Zizou. Is he waiting in the wings for the sacking of Jose Mourinho to take over at Manchester United? If they get him as their manager, that's a scary thought for Liverpool, Chelsea, Manchester City. Very scary. Because I believe, based on his merits and what he did at Real Madrid, he's the kind of risk taker and the kind of man who players do want to play for, I believe, and they'll follow him into battle, and they will, how should I say, they will uh, they'll put forth the effort and make sacrifices in order to gain his trust and to make sure that Manchester United lives to see a bigger, brighter, better day. Whereas right now, I don't think that's the case with Jose Mourinho. I think the players just just want him to go. So we'll you know we'll we'll, we'll talk more extensively about them uh, in, in the coming weeks because it, it, and I want to let this situation play out a little bit because we're not where we are going to be with United right now. This is just the beginning. This is just the the uh, the tip of the iceberg, if you will. So we'll let things play out a little bit with uh, Jose and and see if the bus can become. Uh, can get can get can get out of neutral and see if he can move forward because right now it's it's parked and it's not going anywhere. I think the engine's actually dying on the bus, and we'll we'll see if uh, Josie can get it cranked up again. My guests tonight are two two guys who I was I was on their podcast uh, the day after the World Cup that Monday. Uh, I think that was July sixteenth. They are the lads. They're loud Americans discussing soccer. Lads podcast at lads underscore podcast on Twitter. They're going to be joining me in just a few moments, and we will be discussing everything UEFA Champions League.
right, everyone, welcome back. And I am joined at this time by my guest this evening, uh, doing the return favor. I guess you would say in wrestling, um, there it's it's fifty fifty booking, if you will. I was on their show; they're on mine. And uh, yeah, so I have the lads, Kevin and Martin, from the Loud Americans Discussing Soccer podcast. That's at lads underscore podcast on Twitter. Guys, how are we doing tonight? Great, Yo. except we hate our teams. Yeah, our boat. Uh, well, especially Arsenal, since they're not even in this Champions League. But anyway, sup? Yo, thanks for having us. Absolutely, my pleasure. I was going to ask you what group Arsenal was in, but uh, looks. I, <laughs> <case>. <laughs> uh, they're watching. They're uh, in group. Uh, no, group L. They're that's, group L. That's, losers. Chelsea. Well, they actually could tomorrow end up in Group L when the UA when the UEFA Europa League is drawn. Now we all know that. I mean, like, and then next thing you know, we have, you know, Atletico to go up against. Or, you know, like, <laughs> that's just typical, you know, saying typical in Arsenal is, you know, PB and J. So, but yeah, thank you again for having us on yours and thanks for coming on ours. Absolutely. Anytime. And I'm sure that the, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be frequenting each other's shows many times over the next few years and, and, and especially this season. But uh, at this, I mean, this is, this is the Kings of Europe. So today, was the UEFA Champions League draw, and that's exactly what this show was built on. We're talking about the best of the best that the continent has to offer in football, and we finally, finally, after weeks and weeks of qualifying, after uh, weeks of speculation of who's in what pot and who's going where, we have ourselves eight groups drawn. Uh, so, you know, basically, we can start to break this bad boy down, and... Um, we're going to start, guys. We're going to dig right into this, and we're going to start with Group A. And uh, so Group A is interesting because this, uh, this is, there's, some, there's some international flavor in here with uh, Atletico Madrid. You have Borussia Dortmund. You have uh, the French, uh, multi, multiple-time French champions, AS Monaco, and you have Club Bruges from Belgium. So some interesting stuff in here as far as styles and how these teams set up. Atletico Madrid, obviously one of the best defensive sides on the continent. Also, though, deadly in the attack when they want to be. Antoine Griezmann, Diego Costa. They are a club that I don't think you want to go up to, uh, go up against. They are the reigning and defending... Well, they won't be defending it because... Uh, well, unless they finish third. But they are the reigning Europa League champions. They just won the Supercopa against Real Madrid... Four to two, they are. I guess you could say the kings of Europe in that aspect. This is a team, guys. If you're Dortmund and Monaco, and especially the the guys from Belgium, you don't really want to fuck with this club. Yeah, I think uh, the first first uh, thing I want to say is Atletico isn't really the king of Europe. That title belongs to Real Madrid. They won the Europa League. The Real Madrid, or oh, oh. the Real Madrid. Oh, okay. Nicely oh, okay. done. Sorry. But you know what? I think it's it's like a pretty easy bet to put Atletico through just because of their defensive quality and the grit that they show on the pitch every single game and that all stems down from their manager Diego Simeone so the man I black. think I mean, the man in black Johnny so I Cash, see him yeah. I see uh, Atletico just easily getting first steam in this rolling? group do you think steamrolling or I, do you think it's a good steamroll I mean, but like, the question is who comes second um I mean I have to say Dortmund um, I just, I mean, I might be biased. I just want Christian Pulisic to succeed, and he did so well in the Champions League last year. Uh, but I mean, don't count out Monaco. Uh, Club Bruges, I mean, the only thing I know about Bruges is that movie of Colin Farrell in Bruges, which is a great dark comedy if anyone's ever seen it. But, um, I mean, Atletico, I even have them maybe winning La Liga this year. I, I'm all on the Atletico train. 
Uh, and Diego Costa, I mean, we've talked about this numerous times. That dude is pure grit. That guy will – like, he's a center back, like a center half's, like, worst nightmare. So, I, I mean, Critty, where, where do you have this? Uh, it's hard for me to say – I was thinking about this, that Monaco doesn't have this little treasure chest of toys to throw at Dortmund like they did two years ago in the quarterfinals. They had – when they had this uh, this one dude named Kylian Mbappe, a lot of he, yeah. a, a lot, a lot he amounted out to be. I mean um, – <laughs> Kind of a bust. Yeah. <laughs> He's like – like Markel Fultz. Um. <laughs> exactly. Uh, th- th- Thomas Thomas Lamar, Fabinho, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, Bakayoko. They had all these all these players. Exactly. But then I think about this, and they've got Pellegri, Mbolu, Golovin, Falcao, Tielmans. They're still a really good side. Now they're not going to challenge PSG in league on. That's pretty much impossible at this point after after PSG basically spent every last dime of the Sheik's money last year to. Uh, Acquire Neymar and, and some other goodies along the way, such as Julian Droxler. But Monaco's still a very good side. It's going to come down to me, I think, the the very first match, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think Monaco uh, plays Dortmund. Uh, I'd have to look that up, but I, for some reason I thought I, I read that today. If, it's, if, it's, if the match is in Dortmund, Dortmund have got to protect their home turf. They are one of the strong... They're traditionally one of the strongest teams in the Bundesliga and in Europe at home. In fact, Real Madrid did not win a single game in eight tries at the uh, Westfalenstadion until last season. They were 0 for in Dortmund in their entire history. Real Madrid, 0 for against Dortmund. So it's not an easy place to play. But that being said, two years ago, Monaco did end a very lengthy win streak for Thomas Tuchel's Dortmund when they beat them. But... With that being said, that was also the day after a bus bombing almost basically killed the entire mm-hmm. Dortmund team. So psychologically, we're not going to be in the same state. And this is the group stage. It's not a uh, you know a, 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 a two leg fixture where you know uh, aggregate counts so much. This is really interesting, guys. After Dortmund's season last year in the Champions League, two points out of a possible eighteen, two draws against Apollo Nicosia, and they lost twice to Spurs and twice to Real Madrid, they have a lot to make up for. So based on the fact that they are a sh- were a shameful in the Champions League last season, I'm going to put Dortmund ahead of Monaco by a hair. And that's based on simply the fact that I think that this Dortmund team with Marco Royce healthy, with the addition now of Al- Alcacer, and of course Axel Witzel, who looks fantastic, uh, Pulisic, it just does what Pulisic does. Maxi Philip, it can go back to his natural position on the wing now that they have a number nine. Dortmund's a good team, so that's how I have. That's how I, that's how I see it. I, I see my my one two three is Atletico, Dortmund, and Monaco. What about you guys? I think uh, the only thing I would change about that is I would put Monaco ahead by a hair. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said. Uh, playing Dortmund at home is a challenge in itself. I mean, you have the wall, the Dortmund wall, mm-hmm. and that it can intimidate any team in, in itself. But I genuinely think it's going to come down to defense because both of these teams are high scoring. Uh, you've got Dortmund with the attack with Witzel. You've got uh, Marco Royce. You've got Mario Goza if he can play. You've got Pulisic. Uh, you've got Paco Alcacar. Um, and then is that how the, you say his name? Paco. Alcacer. It's Alcacer, actually. I, I, Alcacer. Yeah, Alcacer. Yeah, yeah. But you have both teams who are super attack-minded, and I am genuinely going to break it down to one position and one position only. 
the goalkeeper. You have Subasic, who is coming off of a amazing, a just godly World Cup run with Croatia. And then you go to Dortmund, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, Berkey? is, is Burkel still starting? Berkey? <laughs> yeah, Roman Berkey. Yeah, but he said, yeah. He said so Ber- I would Berkel, Subasic. I like that. I like that a lot better than Berkey. I like Burkel. That's good. I like Burkle too. That's what FIFA says. So that's what I'm going to believe. Burkle. I will say, uh, I'm probably going to agree with you, Critty. I have Atletico 1 and then Dortmund 2. And I got to say, like, Dortmund is just electric. I've said this about Dortmund Stadium before. It's like Queen on World AIDS Day. Yeah. It is just, it is just <laughs> that's like. That's like my favorite. Dude, it is literally electric. And I love it so much. So, yeah, I agree with you. All right. Well, so we got. Uh, Think so. We'll just go based since there's three of us, we can have a def- definitive tiebreaker. So, we so between the three of us, uh, the majority wins. We have Atletico, That's true. Atletico one, Dortmund two, Monaco drops down to the Europa League, and Club Bruges goes home, right? In Bruges, yes. All right, uh, pretty. I want to make a bet with you here. I made this bet like five times, and I've yet to lose. If Monaco goes through above Bruges Dortmund, will you shotgun a four loco? Yeah, I will. Yeah, I will. Oh, all right. All right. All right. Cool. All right. Well, we can. Move, well, let's uh, let's move on to Group B then, shall we? Beautiful. Yeah, Group B is uh, is 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 quite. This is quite the doozy. There's there's a lot of uh, big names as far as tradition goes. A lot, uh, there's some uh, championships. A lot, Champions League winners multiple times. Uh, Internazionale. They're in this. Uh, Barcelona, Tottenham Hotspur, and PSV Eindhoven. Uh, this. This is an interesting group. Eindhoven had to play themselves in. Spurs, obviously, number three in the Premier League last year. Inter finished fourth in Serie A on the last day of the season. And Barcelona is Barcelona. So, guys, this is an interesting group because Inter's making their first appearance in seven years in the Champions League. Eindhoven's been out for a couple of years. Spurs... They have been in, but they really didn't take the competition seriously until last year. They really, really, um, they won the group, actually. They, they they beat Dortmund and Real Madrid to win the group last season. Put that on the trophy, uh, you know, cabinet. Put that in the trophy cabinet. <laughs> exactly. Put that in the trophy cabinet. They have not won the Premier League since the 60s, or, or I, I believe that's right, sometime in the 64, 60s. 64, yeah. Yeah, 64. <laughs> But they Evan th- knows that by heart. Yeah, I'm an Arsenal fan. Sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you, we, well, you. So you would know then. Keep your enemies close, right? Um, <laughs> so, and, and Barcelona, of course, won the tournament, the, the Champions League back in 2015. Almost went invincible in La Liga last season. Did not lose until the final match day. So, guys, enters off to a rough start. But we got to understand they have not had their full squad yet. It's Spalletti's disposal. I think you'll see a different enter after the international break, and I think they'll have enough this season, uh, this weekend, with the debut of Raja Nyangolan as the midfield enforcer against Bologna. I think they'll beat Bologna. I think they'll go into the to the, um, the, the the international break with some momentum, and I think that could carry them into the you know what I would say the rest of September and into the Champions League. They are just such an interesting group because Inter has Icardi, they have Perisic, they have Brozovic. They have a keeper in Handanovic who's good, who made a really stupid error last week against Belotti, but he's a fantastic keeper on his day. Obviously, DeVry, they've got Miranda, they've got Screenier. This is a good team, but they just seem to not be have all have their heads in the game. So I don't know quite how to place them. Obviously, I have Barcelona winning this group hand hand over fist. This is not even that's not even debatable. To me, it comes down to is Inter truly better than Eindhoven over two legs? 
and is Inter able to compete with Spurs? That that's what it really comes down to. I think what you're talking about is the mental game. Yeah. When you talk about the mental game, I think it's both Inter and Spurs get inside their own heads because they know they both have the quality. And I think it's going to come down because I think they both have, I mean, we were talking about Nangolan. I mean, the guy's just a bruiser. The guy's yeah. a goon in the midfield. I love Nangolan. And it's yeah. great to see him over at Inter. Um, when I pick this group, I, just like you, have Barcelona first. And it kills me to say, but I do have Tottenham second as an Arsenal fan. But um, I definitely think it's going to be, like you said, with uh, Dorman and Monaco, it's going to be by the uh, skin of their teeth. And... I mean, I, I mean, me and Martin both just gave each other a look. Like, Inter has not been in the Champions League for almost a decade. We both, like, didn't even realize that. That's insanity. That's, but, yeah, that's correct, uh, yeah. I think Tottenham pulls through. I think, like Harry Kane has said, they've grown up, these players. And I think it's also about momentum. Can Inter get the momentum? Tottenham's got the momentum right now in the Premier League. So, especially coming off that, I'm, I'm sorry to say this, Martin, the win at Old Trafford against Manchester United. Old, I mean, Spurs look nice. And Harry Kane is scoring in August, so I would I would be worried. So, I have Barcelona 1, uh, Tottenham 2, Napoli dropping, or not Napoli, Inter dropping down into the Europa League. Well, let's, and, before, before, before we go any further, uh, let, let me ask you guys this. I believe that the matchup could be who finishes second could come down to who has the better performance against each other over two legs between Mallory Cardi and Harry Kane. What do you think? Uh, I uh, think it's going to be more of a team thing because at the end of the day, I think this is going to be a math equation. Both are going to lose to Barcelona. Both are going to lose to P- or both are going to beat PSV Eindhoven, and it's going to come down to the head-to-head. Can Tottenham beat Inter Milan? Can Inter, Inter Milan? Inter, what? Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Inter can Inter Milan beat Tottenham? So I genuinely think it's gonna come down head to head. Um, and in this in this day and age, I think that Inter Milan's attack is more dangerous. Like you said, with uh, Perisic and Icardi, and then uh, I think Kendreva is still playing there as well. He's, and they're just he's, like, he's been kind of side he's been kind of put to yeah, the side though for Politano. Yes, exactly. Yes. And I think Inter Milan has more of that kind of true Liverpool esque attacking style compared to Tottenham. So I think it again, and I, I sound like a broken record here, I think it's gonna come down to defense. And I think that Tottenham has a better defense. If Tottenham can win the mental game. If they do not bottle it like they always do... That's going to take a lot for them. It is going to take a lot for them. But if they can keep their mental game strong, I think they can beat Inter Milan. And I think they can advance. Whoever loses that head-to-head game is going to go down to the Europa League. PSV, I mean, obviously going fourth place. Barcelona I mean, like, always. don't count them out. I think PSV is like... Oh, yeah, with Chucky Lozano? That yeah, man's I mean, a beast. I agree. I mean, don't count him out. Uh, so yeah, I think those. Are, I think we both have Tottenham second, right, Martin? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, so so okay. Um, Premier League bias, maybe, but it's definitely okay, Premier League sorry, bias. Sorry. So my so you guys are gonna you guys are going to win this one because of the majority number rules. So there's not mm. really much, but I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna go. I think I think Spalletti will have Inter played played into form by the time they get into the Champions League, and especially when they get to the to the latter stages. So what I mean by that is games four through six, 
And I think that uh, they, they will buy maybe, even if it's just goal differential, they will. And, and, and let me say this, you know, Barcelona coming to the San Siro, Inter plays up to their competition. They, they might give Barcelona more of a game or more of a surprise than you may think. They, they, they play down to teams like Sassuolo and Torino, but they play up. I mean, it was uh, two years ago with Frank DeBoer as the manager. They were left for dead going into match day three. They had one point in two games, and then lo and behold, they beat Juventus. Just like that. Like it's nothing. It's, and people forget that Frank DeBoer won a ch- uh, Champions League with Chelsea. Also, I want to say this one thing that I kind of just realized. Tottenham is still not playing at their true home stadium. They're playing at Wembley. They have a horrid record at Wembley in terms of the Champions League. So if if that plays into any aspect of their mental game, I could see Inter going through. But I got to agree with both you and Kev here. It's going to be neck and neck here. Yeah. Whoever wins that head-to-head, whoever can beat um, each other at the San Siro or at Wembley Stadium is going to win the game or win the coming second. So I guess winning the group if yeah. Barcelona is confirmed. Also, Son is not serving military service. I mean, that that's a factor. That's a great person off the bench because I don't know if they'll start Lucas or Son if you know if he yeah. doesn't have to go into uh, indentured servitude and. In, Good Korea. <laughs> That's so, so weird. That's so weird. I know. That is. That is. That is. I. 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 I think I saw you guys tweet about that last week, and I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> then I actually. Like he's literally getting drafted into the military if he doesn't win the final. Like, like, can you imagine if Clint Dempsey didn't win, um, the World Cup or the uh Copa America or the Gold Cup? And then he had to go and join the Marines. Can you just imagine that life? Yeah, Clint would be sick. He's already got that shaved head. He's like a jarhead. True. Clint, Clint would be a great Jake jarhead. Jake Hall, a.k.a. Oh, Clint. Yeah. Have emotional, like, problems for life. All right. <laughs> uh, he kind of he he looks like the guy on the cover of the movie Jarhead. Yeah, exactly. Look Jake at Jake Hall, Dude, he looks great. Uh, yeah. Was, we, we, we go to Group C. Group uh, Hey, so so let me, let me recap that real quick then. So between the three of us, we have Barcelona – First, Spurs. Second, Inter going down to the Europa League where they will probably get eliminated immediately because they don't take that competition seriously. They have not since the 90s. And we have, I think, PSV Eindhoven. And I think it's a close fourth, guys. I don't think PSV Eindhoven gets blown away. I think they finished fourth, but I think it's a respectable fourth. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Do you think, and Kriti, this is kind of a more subjective question here. Do you think that teams should take the Europa League seriously? I know United won it. Two years ago, Atletico won it this past year. Sevilla loves it. Sevilla loves it. Should this be a competition that's taken seriously, or should this be more looked at as a Supercopa? A uh, uh, FA Cup as recent FA years. Cup <laughs> no. recent years, because I don't think it should be taken seriously at all. I, I, I do think it should be taken seriously for the, for the fact of um, back in the day when the Champions League was far less than 32 teams, the UEFA Cup, as it was called back then, had an enormous amount of prestige. You had teams right. like Real right. Madrid winning it. You had teams like Bayern Munich winning it. Inter Milan won it numerous times. FA Cup, like back in the day, FA Cup had so much prestige. Now it's kind of lost that flavor. So it feels like almost to me that it's almost like a uh, NIT tournament in terms of college basketball where cool – my team, who is a D3 basketball team, is in the NIT tournament. If we win this, nobody's going to recognize it as a real deal competition. Well, here's the thing. If you're 
if you're someone, if you're someone like RB Salzburg, for example, and you find yourself mm. in the semifinals last year, or if you're Olympique Marseille, for example, and you win, you beat Atletico Madrid in the final. It's a direct. It's another spot. It's another chance to get into the Champions League directly into the group stage of the Champions League. So for that matter alone, I think you should take it seriously. Plus, and I know a lot of people don't. You know, we. I said this at the top of the show. Uh, Atletico Madrid beat Real Madrid 4-2 in the Supercopa of Europe. Uh, that's the UEFA League, uh, UEFA League, the Europa League champions versus the 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 uh, Champions League winners. That's still a big. That's a that's a marquee game. That's kind of the unofficial kickoff of the new season when the when when the uh, the, two, the two champions play. I, with if you look at the winners and you look at who's been involved in the tournament the last couple of seasons, you've had Dortmund, you've had. Uh, Inter Milan, you've had Arsenal, you've had uh, Real uh, Ace Eight. You've had, no, no disrespect to Arsenal. You've had AC Milan. There, I mean, these are big name hey, clubs. Don't you guys. forget to mention uh, two years ago winner Manchester United. But should the big clubs like the uh, Inter Milan's, the AC Milan's? I know they're not even in this tournament this year. The AC Milan's, the Napoli's. No, AC, yeah, AC, AC's, AC Milan made it. to win this. They're, they're in it. AC Milan's in it. They got, they got. Um, they UEFA uh, kicked them out, but they let them back in. Oh yeah, I forgot they had that whole Chinese big, investment big, thing, big scandal thing. Yeah, yeah man, they, they, hey, they got some Kendricks, Yeah, they had some shady ass owners, man, for a hot minute. It was uh, pretty pretty crazy. But um, no, uh, I think they should, guys. I, I I think that I think Atletico Madrid is proud of winning that tournament. I really do. I, I think that Diego Simeone looks at that and, and says, "Hey, that's another trophy for the uh, for the glass case." I mean. Are we being I, too hard on this? I thing? think we're. I think we're being harsh. Are we being way too yeah, harsh? Because harsh. Kevin and I have always like put that second tier. I put know. that like we're being below dicks. everything we're being, else. We're being real dicks. Well, it is. It is second tier now because until you get to, I would say, the round of sixteen and maybe even the quarterfinals, you're in such shallow water. And that shallow water is so sometimes unwatchable because you're playing. You know. Uh, Victoria Pilsen or, you know, Sparta Prague. But once you start getting down to the nitty-gritty, when you have, you know, AC Milan versus Arsenal, which was, I think that was the the round of 16 last year, the round of 32, that's a a good matchup, man. That's that's primetime television right there. That's... Ten uh, years ago, it would have been. All right, stop it. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's still... it, 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 It... it still, it still is. It still is just because of the name, the name recognition. So, I, I, it's definitely, it's nowhere close to the Champions League, guys. But it is, it's, it's European nights. It, it gives your fans a chance to travel. It's, it's uh, primetime television. It's still football, like, just, it's on. I will watch it. I will watch it. I, I watched. I did you? I watched Marseille play Atletico Madrid in the final last year. I watched it. I thought it was uh, a very was there. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, it was. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think they should take it seriously. But um, enough about the Europa League. We don't even know the draw yet, and we'll get to that uh, another day. We'll go to Group C now. And this, guys, this is the really, this is the, oh, man, this is a shitstorm of a group right here. Uh, bees knees. This is the, this is the bees it, knees. Is, I mean, goes out saying group of death. Uh, mm, oh, 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 oh. Uh, yeah, so, yes, so it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Contentious. Okay, 100%. 100% group of death, yes. Guys, we have your favorite club, Liverpool FC. We have SSS Napoli. We have Paris Saint-Germain, and we have – and this is funny. I love these guys talking about old school. Multiple-time, multiple-time mm-hmm. European champions, Red Star Belgrade, back in the hizzy. 
in Group C. Finally, this is a this is a what, what you would call a, a an old time European power from back in the uh, Stalin days. My friend, well, not Stalin, but uh, oh, we'll call the Gorbachev. Gorbachev, yes, Gorbachev and Yeltsin. My boy Yeltsin, he's in the house. I know my USSR yeah. history. Yeah, he brought the wall down. Great guy. Yeah. Damn right, man. Reagan and and, and Gorbachev for the win, man. Um, also, so they have the best fans ever. Yeah, of course. Are they the one with all the you know, flares, flares yeah, and everything? Yeah. yeah, they're awesome people. I think this is the most interesting group. Like, uh, it's Ken most and I fun. disagree. Yeah, with it's gonna this be. It's gonna be the, the time. It's gonna be the most fun group. Mm-hmm. Guys, we have uh, we have, we have Carlo Ancelotti versus Jurgen Klopp twice. How about it? Uh, I mean, just I gotta check my pants. I mean, <laughs> Jesus H. I mean, this. This is just—it's just all fireworks, isn't it? It's just this is going to be nothing but attacking football all around, from PSG to Napoli to Liverpool. I mean, if we're going to do who's going to make it out of this, I mean, it's really a crapshoot. I mean, you could make PSG the ultimate winners of this. I mean, that'd be the easy bet. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, PSG's record—I mean, they're great at coming out of the group at 16, unlike Arsenal. But it's—I mean, between Napoli and Liverpool. I think it's kind of a crapshoot. Am I am I wrong? Am I crazy? Am I taking crazy pills? Well, they've got Insigne, obviously Hamšík, uh, Milik. They've got uh, Allen, who is a fantastic midfielder. They they're a very dangerous side. But Liverpool, in my opinion, it has them beat on squad depth. I, I think that, and of course, Liverpool is well acquainted. Jurgen Klopp's been there now for three years, whereas Ancelotti's coming in in his first year. I think that's probably the biggest advantage Liverpool has going into this is the fact that they're well acquainted with their manager and his system. I'm uh I think this is going to come down to those asterisks, those caveats of these teams because Liverpool basically has to decide at the beginning of the Champions League right now yep. what their target is. Well is said. Well Champions said. League, yep. Or is it the Premier League title? And if they choose to go for the Champions League title, I think that they can beat Napoli any day of the week. Uh, PSG, that's another question, but I think PSG is a shoo-in. But I think it's going to come down to what Jurgen Klopp and the board's um, focus is. And the players. like And the players, I, I think it's going to come down to a sit-down. Like, lads, are we going for the Prem? We haven't won it in, you know, a few decades. Yeah, or, since the 80s. All right, all right. All right. I, I, I was being generous a few decades. Okay, well, he would say, well, actually, to be super politically correct, he would say, lads, we've never won the quote-unquote Premier League, but go ahead. True. Okay, okay, that's fair. That's fair since its installation in 92. That's right. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, I mean, if Liverpool win the Prem, I mean, it would be be right. What counts more? What counts more I think for for them, I think it would mean more to win the Prem. For Reds fans, it's the Premier League. Yes. Yeah, yes, I think yes. I think for them. So, so if, if you were in Jurgen's Jurgen Klopp's shoes, what would you target in here? Because they got oh so close, but no cigar last year in the uh, Champions League. They came in third in the Premier League last year. Obviously, Kevin and I both have Liverpool coming first or second this year in the Premier League. What would you target? As Liverpool, because I think that's what it basically boils down to, what their target is. Because if it is the Champions League, I think they can beat Napoli. Jurgen Napoli goes through. Jurgen Klopp was hired for the sole purpose to end Liverpool's English Championship drought, plain and simple. Trophy doubt. 
They haven't won a trophy since 2013 when they won the uh, the EFL Cup. Cup. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, he hasn't even won a trophy yet. So he has to decide between a lot of finals. Though people forget, people forget he's been to a lot of finals. Not Sergio Ramos. He yeah. remembers. Uh, yeah. Well, Sergio Ramos is a cunt. So <laughs> yeah, right. he is. I, I, I will put that out there. <laughs> I think even Real Madrid fans would admit he's kind of a cunt. But, Guys, I, I think I think for me it comes down to the fact that Liverpool have enough talent to 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 beat Napoli at Anfield and to get a draw at the Sao Paulo. And I think that's where I think they can come in second just because they are naturally good enough and are have the chemistry and 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 just sort of the experience in this tournament to advance. I don't think that they will go. I have your I have your Liverpool in the quarterfinals this year because I think that's where they decide we're in first or second, and if we're in striking distance of Man City or ahead of Man City, and they're in striking distance. Come February or March, that's where you have to decide, what are we going for? Are we going for the league title? And I think at that time, they absolutely will say, we're going for the league. We have to win the Premier League. We've never won it. We haven't been English champions since 1990. Uh, so, And we want to break that 18-18 to deadlock of Manchester United to become the true kings of England once again. I think, that, I think that's where... I think that's where their mindset is. I think that they finished second in this group just because they are that well acquainted with this with this competition uh i i'd have to agree i mean i have psg one liverpool second and uh i mean again i think it might be close i think napoli will be a close third do you think there's any chance and this is a question to both of you guys what's up um is there any chance that psg slips up here Mm. And ooh, both ooh, of y'all went silent for ooh. a bit. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's PSG. I mean, what, how how well have they done in the Champions League in the past forever? So. Not great. In uh, the group, in the group stage, they don't go through. In the group stage, they're pretty lethal. That that they that are. that I will they say. Are. It's it's when you get to the round of sixteen and beyond, that's they where me. they do so well in the group stage. They always trick me, and I'm like, all right, this is their year. Especially when they were up against Barcelona. We don't have to bring up that game. We don't have to bring up that game. But, like, when they just destroyed Barcelona, I was like, oh, yeah, PSG, it's their year. And then they, you know, PSG'd themselves. But with this competition, Napoli and Liverpool, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not even going to mention the uh, third. And they third have to go to Liverpool located. at Anfield. Exactly. So is there any chance PSG doesn't go through? Because I could see, like, a very, very slim chance, like a – 20% chance that PSG does not advance. Or at least get third place, you mean? Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. In football, there's always a possibility. I mean, we saw Senegal beat France in 2002 coming off of the World Cup title. Anything can happen. I, I, you, you guys are absolutely right. And that's and a FA Cup. People forget about Wigan. Up the ticks. Up the ticks. Absolutely. I just uh, think that PSG have more than Napoli and I think that they'll. I think they could potentially take four of the six points that they need from Napoli. And I think that they'll. I think they'll. They'll beat uh, Liverpool at the uh, Parc des Princes and probably either either get a draw or uh, lose narrowly at Anfield. That'll be enough. I think that. I think there's a chance, guys, that PSG don't win the group. But I. I think that they're. I think they're safely in second. It's okay. Yeah. Be a fun group. So PSG though. definitely goes through. We yeah. can all agree. Okay, cool. So, our, so to, to recap, Group C, we have PSG or PSG and Liverpool basically are one and two. 
Yeah, I mean, I think we can we can both say that, right, Martin? Yeah, because I, mean, I, I, mean, I think the decision is going to come later in that year when Liverpool decides to put all their focus on the Prem instead of the Champions It's going to be like Zoolander. Yeah. Who am I? Who am I? <laughs> Mer, Merman. Merman, Dad. <laughs> I got the black lung, Pop. I got the black lung, Pop. <laughs> the black right. lung. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, quick Zoolander reference there. Thanks, Ben Stiller. Uh, group D. This is th- this is probably this is one of the two easiest groups that you have. If you're in this group, you're very happy. And if you're an FC Schalke fan, shout out to the uh, FC Schalke podcast, Jack and Richard. Uh, yeah, you're happy because you got Lokomotiv Moscow. No disrespect to the uh, the Russian champs, but um, it is the Russian Premier League, and uh, yeah, you've got being very generous. Yeah, being very generous. FC. It's like saying the Canadian Football League compared to the NFL, yeah. basically. Correct. Yeah, the the, C, the <laughs> CFL, the CFL, Galatasaray and FC Porto. Porto, obviously, uh, veterans of this competition. They knocked out Manchester United last season. Uh, no, they did not. That was Sevilla. Sorry, sorry, Sevilla. My my fault. Uh, Porto was playing uh, Liverpool. That's 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 right. No, sorry, 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 sorry. Wrong yeah, English right. club. Wrong <laughs> English club. <laughs> To a lesser Spanish club, not a Portuguese club. Yeah, yes. that was. Thank you. Yeah, sorry that uh, I should not. I should not. I should have known it was the Spaniards that knocked out the uh, the, the the Manx. I'm sorry about that. That was my fault. Uh, and I should remember that because that's uh, Liverpool put that five 0 blistering on Porto. So I should have remembered that. That's uh, man, I can't believe I I just got. I think I just got my uh, Iberian Peninsula clubs. We, we we accept your apology. Thank it's you. Okay. <laughs> it's the it's all the Iberian Peninsula guys. It's all the same. It's all the same. That's true. That's I mean it's it's all confusing over there, isn't it? It's, it's geography, it, man. It it's all like squ- it's like it's all like squashed together. So so guys, I'm anxious to hear. Uh, this this to me is one of the most unpredictable groups out of all eight. This is this is a, a real doozy here to try and figure out who's going to go through. Um, I feel like I'm going to be that grandmother who wins the you know March Madness by picking mascots. I'm going to go with. Uh, Shaka first. All right, all right, and then I guess Porto second. I don't know. Like this is just a weird. This is this is like the most UEFA. What the fuck? Like that's my biggest takeaway. Is like UEFA. Like I know you're rigged. Like could you have rigged a better group? Like this is just my biggest takeaway. I guess I'm gonna do Shaka one, Porto second, uh, Gallad. Tesserae because Aaron Ramsey scored a great goal against you third and that Russian club I can't pronounce fourth. And oh I, wow, you got the Russian champs who are in pot A finishing dead last. That is that is an ba- their name is basically Train Moscow. Yeah, I don't I I, I gotta agree with Kev here. I have really? them finishing oh. dead last too. The only thing I would switch around is I would put FC Porto first. Yes. Oh, um, then I would put Shaka just because I think that collectively as a team, they are more, uh, I don't know if this is the right word. I'm not an English major, but they are more concise sure. and cohesive than Galatasaray. Galatasaray basically takes, and we've seen this for the past like three years, Galatasaray takes older talent from all over the world and brings them together and they win the Turkish league all the time. Oh, like the MLS. Like oh, the MLS. Okay. Uh-huh. I see where this is going. So all right, cool. I'm putting FC Porto first, followed by the young guns of Schalke. And then Galatasaray goes to uh, the Europa League and the train to Moscow goes back <laughs> on the train. <laughs> the train to Moscow. I love it. Um, 
I agree with uh, the, the pick with Porto one. I like Salk is second. I will say Lokomotiv will finish third, and I have Galatasaray going back to Turkey empty-handed. I think uh, Moscow will, will do enough to, to get to really? the Europe. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, Turkey is in disarray so uh, as a country itself. So Yes, er- 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 Erdogan sends his regards. Um, we'll si- we'll, we'll si- we'll, well, let's stick to sports, pretty. Pretty, stick to sports. Uh, stick to sports. Uh, I'm going to... All right, yeah. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I just, you know, when I studied abroad, I saw Real Madrid play Schalke. I didn't see them. I just saw a bunch of German fans over there in Madrid when I was over in uh, Madrid. And I was like, oh, wow, these guys party. These guys fuck. So I'm going to go Schalke <laughs> one. Big Schalke fan? Big Schalke fan, yeah. Beautiful. Well, so, so the, yeah, the, uh, the Schalke guys, uh, the podcast, Richard and Jack, will be glad to hear that we unanimously, unanimously have Schalke advancing to the round of 16. Let's go! Their first round of 16 appearance since 2014-15. All right, guys. Uh, uh, Porto, obviously, uh, veterans of the round of 16, so no surprise there. I think that, actually, we got to that group a lot quicker and a lot easier than I thought we were because that, that one... That, that one even though we picked it, I'm still kind of like, uh, Galatasaray could end up winning this damn group. I mean, it definitely could, I mean, though. it's literally could be Russian roulette. Yeah. It could literally just be uh, any any man's game. Oh, <laughs> well, Russian roulette because they go there's to a Russian Russia? team. Yeah, 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 you got it. Yeah, all right. Um, yeah. So, it, I mean, it's <laughs> any it's, it's it's any man's game. Every man, it's 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 the purge. It, it it is it is in fact that is that is true in Group D. Group E. Should be pretty self-explanatory as Bayern Munich once again gets the luckiest of luck draws, getting the. What are you talking about? They're getting uh, they're getting fourth place, right? Yeah, Bayern Munich is going to go directly back home in fourth place. No, that is not going to happen. <laughs> uh, so Bayern, being in pot one, they are the beneficiaries of. Uh, a massively easy group, I think. And I'm not, no disrespect to Benfica because you will finish second, gentlemen, Benfica. You will. You will, in fact, advance yet again to the round of 16 as you have so many times before. Ajax Amsterdam making their uh, first appearance in the Champions League in a few seasons. And they're joined by AEK Athens. So, guys, I I think this is the easiest one to pick out of all of them. Ajax had to play in. They were able to hold on this week to get into this tournament. Uh, you know, they're a, um, they're a, they, they were in the Europa League final against, you were talking about Jose Mourinho's greatest triumph in his career, the Europa League final with Manchester United just a few months, just a few minutes ago. And they played Ajax Amsterdam in that final uh, with uh, Peter Bosch, uh, the former coach of Dortmund, uh, who was the coach of Amsterdam at the time. That's their last really big European hurrah. So, this is uh, this is a return to glory for them, but I think it will be short lived. And as far as Athens goes, I think they're here. I think they're here for the ride. They're they're going to give their fans six amazing European nights, and that's that's going to be it for them. I see Ajax third, Athens uh, sec, uh, Athens fourth, uh, Benfica second, and uh, Bayern a unanimous uh, number one. I see them. I, they could take all eighteen points in this group. Yeah, I, I uh, am totally with you with Byron there, but I'm uh, actually going to disagree with you here on the Ajax versus Benfica here. Okay. I think Ajax, they have so, so many young players who are full of promise. Like, we always hear that United, that Liverpool, that Chelsea, that Real Madrid, that Barcelona, the AC Milan, Juventus, every top team in every single league other than the Dutch league, is looking for that Ajax talent. 
Um, I think there's been like 15 players signed from Ajax in the past three years that have gone to the top four clubs in each league. So I'm actually putting Ajax above Benfica for the sole reason because I'm comparing them to the Jags. They have been bad for so long, but they finally have this group of young players who are who are hungry for a title or hungry for that pride. Like so, the Eagles. Like hungry, hungry, hungry dogs. Hungry dogs. The Eagles are faster. the hungry dogs, but the Eagles are more like the AC Milan, the Inter Milan, okay, the yeah. Ajax, the Ajax, however you want to say it, the correct pronunciation, are the Jaguars, where they've never they haven't been good since the nineties. But now they have such a great youth talent brought up and they are hungry for this. Yeah, they just got in through the playoffs. But they're facing Benfica. Is Benfica really, really that hard of a task to win? Because we saw them last year in the um, Champions League. To be honest, they did not impress me that much at all. I think uh, Ajax could absolutely surprise everyone and get that second place. Obviously, Bayern is going to get that first place. Well, they have... Oh, go ahead. They have, I mean, they have Daily Blend. They have, uh, formerly of Manchester United, they have DeWitt. They have Casper Dolberg. They have uh, Klaas-Jan Huntelaar, formerly of Schalke. They have mm-hmm. some good They have some good players. And I'm not saying that Ajax is a, a bad team by any means. But if you, you know, if you look at the, I guess, the, the sum of the parts, Benfica has, has been here and done that. And I'm going based on experience. Benfica knows how to get past these group stages. They know how to advance to the round of 16. Typically, and I would say this, typically Ajax has far more turnover than your average European team in this competition, or your average team in this competition. They're all European. I don't know why I just said that. Um, But this year they held on to uh, uh, some of their core pieces. So in saying that, I think that you guys have a very good point. I, and I'm probably, I think I'm just kind of jaded by Ajax because they, they don't make it every year. The Dutch league is like 12th in the UEFA coefficient. They don't get a direct qualification into this tournament. If you're, if you're in the Dutch league, you have to go to the playoff to get in. But having said that, they did make it here by really earning it. They had to go through, I think, three qualification uh, rounds to get to this point. So you guys could be right. They, they, they may have they, they may have more to offer than, than than meets the eye. I think that this like I look at the squad and it, it is it is talented. Um, it's just they haven't proven themselves on the big stage yet. Critty, uh, my biggest takeaway from this group is you know not who's going to be coming in second. My biggest takeaway is looking at Bayern. If Bayern does, if they only like you know win, but they don't win convincingly then I'm worried about Bayern going forward. I, I really, like, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to pick Benefica second. But my biggest takeaway from this group is if Bayern doesn't impress me through this group, they're going to do what Bayern's been doing since 2013. You know what I mean? They're going to look great in the group stage. They look great against Arsenal. Everyone does. And, like, I really want to see Bayern Munich just steamroll these other teams so I can feel confident about them. Like when I'm picking who's going to win this goddamn competition, mm-hmm. I'm picking I'm picking Juventus, Barcelona, Bayern. But if they don't look confident going through this, and I, I mean, I, I'd probably put Barcelona or Juventus one or two. If they don't look confident going through this, that's my biggest takeaway. They need to look really good against shit competition. So 
I have Byron one, Benfica two, Ajax three, and then uh, that Greek Athens team two, right? Yeah. A K. A yeah, whatever. A K. Yeah. yeah, sure. Oh, well, that's, I mean, so we wrapped up Group E. That's uh, the, uh, we're pretty much unanimous here that Benfica's two and Bayern is one, and those two will advance. I think we all, I think we all think Ajax might keep it a lot closer than, well, I initially said. I just, I, I kind of got ahead of myself there, like I said. Ajax to the Europa League, though, it's a competition that, I mean, if you go down and you look at their roster, if they don't have any major losses, or departures during the winter transfer window could be a competition that they uh, could possibly win. So, I mean, they went up against United what two years ago, right, Mark? Yeah, two years ago. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't count them out. I mean, they were. I mean, United was going up against a team of like twenty-one year olds. So, I mean, it really depends. So. Yeah. All right, moving on to Group F, guys. Uh, another tough one. This is this is a this is another doozy. We have um, <laughs> Manchester City, who obviously was built. They were built to win the Champions League. They brought in Pep to win the Champions League. And last year, of course, took one, really, really took one on the chin from Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool, both in the league in the second half of the season and then twice in the Champions League. It was not close, guys. It was, it was a shellacking. They have a lot to make up for from last season and the way that they left this uh, competition. In addition to them, we have Shakhtar Donetsk uh, from Ukraine. They are habitual... Uh, uh, participants in this competition along with Olympique Lyon and making their debut appearance in the Champions League and it will be a very short-lived debut appearance well six games it'll be six games TSG 1899 Hoffenheim and Julian Nagelsmann who has already signed a contract to be a coach elsewhere next season so that being RB, RB Leipzig RB Leipzig oh okay. oh wow yeah if you the Red Bulls, yes. The Red Bulls. So, so, guys, this one's an interesting one. I I genuinely think that while Liverpool has the decision to make whether they focus their talents on or focus their everything and talents on the Champions League or the Premier League, City has the luxury of playing their normal games. Because, yeah, Olympic... Uh, Leon is fanta- a fantastic team. They have got Fakir. They've got um, Memphis. Memphis Depay. But at the end of the day, none of these teams really threaten City at all. I think that Olympic Leon is the best team out of the other three teams. I could see Hoffenheim solely because their manager is a pretty brilliant and pretty young manager getting that third place and dropping down to Europa League. But this just speaks oil money to me, a.k.a. Manchester UEFA, Manchester City UEFA, UEFA Manchester City, however you want to say it. Because how how did City get the easiest draw of all of these fucking competitions while Liverpool and and uh, Manchester United and Tottenham get just absolutely fucked? Well, Liverpool got fucked on the last day. Well, no, I mean, like, Man City earned this. I, if they came first, and I know, Premier Kevin. League. Let me bitch. All right, all right, all right. sorry, <clears throat> pretty. Let, let me let me break this down. Man City is going to win this by a mile. Uh, Leon, I love their young talent. Like uh, Martin was saying, uh, Hoffenheim is going to be third. They're going to drop down to Europa, and Shakhtar. They're just there. Shakhtar is just literally the team where they just appear. It's like that guy at the party who you're just like, he's just going to be there. No one talks. 
corner, but you know he's going to be at every single party. He's mm-hmm. that guy who uh, introduced you to uh, Uzi Vert. Exactly. Like he's like <laughs> he's the guy who's going to introduce me to some shitty rap, and you know that's fine. That's fine. It's nice to see him there. You won't talk to him. You say, "Hey, sup, man," and that's it. That's who Shakhtar is. So I'm going Man City one by a mile. I think Leon and Hoffenheim are going to battle out for second and third, but I think Leon's going to win it. They have a nice young attacking uh, squad. Uh, Hoffenheim are going to come in third and go into the Europa League. Yeah, Olympic. Uh, they're they're front line man. Nabil Fakir, Memphis Depay, and Bertrand Traoré. They've got some uh, some talent there. They are um, obviously always in, you know, usually to be found in the top three or four of the league. On so they are formidable opponents. I'm, I'm wondering though where I'm curious as to how you guys. I, I see. I have Hoffenheim finishing dead last by a mile in this group. Really? Yes. Yes. I Nagelsmann is a brilliant young coach, but he has been literally of talent the last two seasons. You're talking about losing Sebastian Rudi, Niklas Sule, Mark Uth. Uh, th- there were rumors he almost lost Kevin Folt, uh, one of his better defenders. Uh, this is a team, uh, Sandro Wagner, who was uh, like he was their one of their one of their primary uh, goal scorers. He's now backing up Lewandowski at Bayern. They Hoffenheim has lost so much talent uh, in the transfer window over the last two seasons. And, you know, quite frankly, no disrespect, to those players coming in, but they, you know, they, they didn't get a lot back. Serge Gnabry, who helped them last year, he was on loan from Bayern. He returned back to Bayern. Now he's, he's playing for the, uh, the Bavarians. They, they've lost a lot of centerpieces and a lot of good players. And yeah, they still have some talent. And I think that they are going to compete for the top seven in the Bundesliga, but they have a decision to make truly a decision to make, because I don't think they have the squad depth to compete in the Champions League and in the Bundesliga? Are you going to let yourselves drop to 14th or 15th place in the league for the sake of, what, maybe if you're lucky, a third-place finish in this group? Um, if, if, it's, if it's like the best-case scenario and the gods shine down upon you, you make the round of 16. But let's be honest, at that point, it is over. It is beyond over. Because that's, that's when you start getting to the really elite of the elite. I, I, I just have a hard time seeing it. Well, I think, uh, I mean, the best... English Premier League analogy right here is Southampton to Liverpool. Because like you said, the exodus from Hoffenheim in the past two years to Bayern Munich and to bigger clubs in Germany and abroad has been absolutely unreal. But at the end of the day, I would take Southampton over a club like Blackburn. Because, yeah, Shakhtar Donsik is a fantastic club in Ukraine. But doesn't Hoffen- say a lot. Doesn't say a lot, does it? Exactly. Hoffenheim came in what was it, third or fourth last year? Uh, third, yeah. By goal, yeah, diff- exactly. goal differential. Goal differential. So they beat out Dortmund, and that says a lot to their mentality. And I know I keep fucking harping on this shit, but I think mentality is what's going to win a lot of these games. Hoffenheim wants to impress upon the world that they are a club that players don't have to leave. Their young coach wants to impress upon the club that he's going to, Red Bull Leipzig, that he's not just another run-of-the-mill coach. So I think they're going to go into this league hard as hell. Granted, they probably won't crack the top three, crack the top four of the uh, Bundesliga this year, but I think this is where they can showcase their talent and show what they can do, and that's why I'm putting them above uh, Shakhtar Donsig. But I still think Leon takes the uh, second place cake. Okay. Yeah. They. I mean, they're gonna need uh, players like Andre Kramaric 
who you know obviously played in he's one of the the mm-hmm. members of the Croatian team that made yeah, the World absolutely. Cup final. They're going to need him to to be a big part of this. They're also going to need players like Kareem Dermabai, Adam Salai, uh, you know Oliver Bauman in goal. He's he's a solid goalkeeper, not 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 world class by any means, but they're going to need they're going to need to overachieve and overperform uh, to to I think to even get to third place, which you guys are saying. I mean, Shakhtar just sounds like something when I think something's a fart and it's not. So <laughs> I think I think for me, I have Shakhtar fourth and Hoffenheim's just a sick name. Am I doing the whole like uh, March Madness? Like I'm just picking teams. You're doing the grandma. Oh, that's today. fine. But we can all agree Man City is going to run away with this and Leon's going to come in second, right? Can we? Can we yeah, agree? yes, yes, absolutely. So that we're, yeah, we're, so we, the only thing we disagree on, I have Shakhtar finishing third and going to the Europa League, Hoffenheim fourth. But all of us unanimously agree Manchester City wins it by a mile. Lyon finishes second to get to the uh, February group of 16, uh, round of 16. And, uh, yeah, that's a wrap on Group F. Uh, we've uh, definitely kind of – I kind of buried Hoffenheim there. Sorry about that, guys. Um, hey, but the, the lads took up for you. The lads took up for you. They, they, uh, they believe in you. We're here for you, lads. Hey, you all right? <laughs> That's uh, right. Hey, so now we got two two groups left. Group G. Uh, this one is the surprise team from last season, the the the, the comeback kids, if you will. Uh, Roma, who of course had that uh, unbelievable comeback against Barcelona in the quarterfinals, and uh, I mean, hey, they almost they had a, they had a minute there where they put Liverpool on their heels. They lost seven six on aggregate, but they won four to two over Jurgen Klopp's Reds at the Stadio Olimpico. But guys, they're missing they're missing some 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 big players from two years ago. This one guy named Mohamed Salah and last season, the key to why I think that they finished top three in the Serie A, one guy by the name of Alisson. So they are hmm. they are in a, in a in a slightly less position than they were a year before. Their the weakness was their back line. Alisson covered up for a lot of their weaknesses as it pertained to that back line. Now they've lost the quality of a grade A keeper, so they are even more susceptible to, to really elite goals against elite teams. And they have elite teams in this group because they're, they're defending, the three-time defending champions just so happen to have been drawn in the group with them, that being Real Madrid. Rounding out the group is CSK Moscow, and Victoria Pilsen, and wow, that is a that is a probably that's probably the worst team based on strength of strength of uh. Where of, are they from? Do you know the Czech Republic? They're from the Czech, Czech Republic. Republic. Yeah. Uh, well, Pilsners. Well, Pilsen, Pilsners. Yeah. They're known for their Pilsners. Uh, but that's about it. Uh, I mean, Grady, I, I understand your uh complaints about not complaints, but like worries about Roma based on the lack of uh, a man named Allison Becker with a. You know, he, they also lost uh, Rajan Golan, which like we can't forget about that and how yeah. important he was. But like in Ghazi, like that's a that's a that's a nice. I mean, it's not Nangolan, right? Am I crazy to say that? Like, he's he's not Nangolan, but he's like he's a nice piece in your midfield, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think this is a slam dunk. I think Real Madrid first, and then Roma's. I mean, obviously Real Madrid's going to take a step back when you lose. You know, a player who's in the GOAT conversation like Ronaldo. I think Bale's going to step up. He's already stepped up this season. Um, the youngsters of Real Madrid, I mean, it goes without saying. Uh, 
what's it called? Uh, they just signed another new number seven, um, which is Mar- risky. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just think Real Madrid. They did lose. Oh, oh, they lost Strootman. They just lost Strootman as well. Oh, did they? Okay. Uh, Kevin well, Strootman's been old for like two years yeah, now I mean, and always injured. That's true, but. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I left out a camp. I, I mentioned Nangolan with Inter a little while ago, and I didn't factor him into their departures, but that's a big fucking loss. You guys are right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a major loss. But, I mean, yeah. I think Real Madrid has this in the uh, – and I honestly, I think Roma's slightly behind them. I mean, when I say in the bag, I mean, I definitely think they get first in this group, and I think Roma comes right behind them. But the other two are just going to just get steamrolled. I don't, I don't think it's close. I'm going to concur with everything you said there. I think I agree with you. Real Madrid by far and above group winners, and I think Roma has enough quality to beat uh, Pilsen and Moscow. Pilsen, like I said, based on the, the, the quality of their roster, probably the weakest team in this entire competition. Uh, I have them finishing dead last, and I have Moscow finishing third. Um, yeah, I probably agree. I mean, I think I've heard uh, CSK Moscow enough to think that they could come in third. And uh, this Pilsner team, I mean, I'm a big Pilsner fan, but I – you like the you like the beer you like the beer, yeah. I don't I don't think I like this club enough to give them the benefit of the doubt to get into Europa League. So yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, your exact top three for this group. Did you guys know this is that the logo for the Russian Premier League is a big fucking head of a bear? Yeah, no, I did not know that. It, did you see the video? Like it came out, I think in like April or March of this right year, right before the World Cup. Yeah, right before the World Cup of a real live. Fully grown bear delivering the ball to the referee. The ball? Yeah. yeah. I did not see. I did oh not see that. Oh my god, pretty. I'm, I'm going to send that to you. It Peter, is unreal. Peter lost their mind. Yeah. So, but it was. But honestly, I was like, this is sick. It was my favorite I was part like, of the this, season. They had a bear in the middle of the pitch, like picking up the match ball and like getting ready for kickoff. It was. Oh my god, I was like, this is the most Russian Russian thing I've ever seen in my life. Well. You know, like you said, CSK Moscow, they are veterans of this competition. They've, they've, but you know, like you said, they, uh, when it comes, to, they, they, unfortunately, they got drawn into a group with uh, a very, a very capable Italian side. Even though they ha- don't have the keeper anymore, they lost the winger two years ago. They lost their midfield enforcer. They lost the old Gimpy man in Strutman. They they still have enough to, to get past them. Uh, that being CSK in Moscow and uh, Real Madrid speaks for itself. So and they lost their capitan Totti. People forget. Uh, have you, yeah, yeah, now you're going. Yeah, now you're going way back in the well. Uh, but yes, it was right. only like two years ago. You retired? Am I crazy? Pretty, I want to ask you a question right now. Yes, and this is a very real question. So I've watched Totti's uh, retirement speech. His uh, last game, like, four or five times at this point. Mm-hmm. And I cry every time. Please tell me you do, too, because nobody else has told me yes. Oh, for Totti? Yes. I wouldn't say I, I, that I cried. I got I got a little emotional because I'm you, you saying goodbye to one of the all-time greats of our generation, potentially any generation, and certainly one of the best players to ever put on the blue shirt for the Azuri. So, yeah, I got – I mean, when I see stuff like that – it's like when Dejan Stankovic played his last game for Inter. Yes. I mean, that's yes. oh, wow. You're, yes. you're really bringing back, you mm. know. Yeah, these guys are, are they're at the end of their career as a professional. They're still better than 98% of everyone else that plays the game in the world. But it's just, and you know. MLS, yeah. Yeah, and MLS. I mean, Stankovic, <laughs> if Stankovic wanted to play MLS right now, he absolutely could. But the, 
right. The thing, the thing is, like, yeah, I get, I get a little, I, I, I don't cry, but I, I, you know, my, my face, my face, my face gets very serious. My girlfriend asked me what was wrong with me when I was watching it, um, like for the third time. Like I was just watching it on my, uh, my phone. And I was just watching his speech, and he was, like, holding his daughter, and I was, like, bawling on the couch. <laughs> and she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's, I was just like, you're good more than a game. You're good as understand. You it's, don't it's, even it's, know. It's, it's, it's more than a game. It's more than a game. EA Sports. It's in the game. It's, it's in the game. It's in the game. Uh, yeah, that's FIFA 19, guys, coming out next <gasps> month. Got to get excited about that. Are you a PES or FIFA guy? I'm a FIFA guy, but they they need to start. They, they I understand that they haven't changed a fucking thing to career mode, and that has got. If they haven't changed anything to career mode except getting the UEFA Champions League and Europa League licenses, I'm going to be very pissed because they haven't done shit with that mode since FIFA 13, and they are basically robbing us blind. EA Sports is go to PES, I mean, man, dude. I mean, we've been PES guys for two years now, and like three, I think, I think since three, three, yeah. And the quality of like gameplay is like it's like. You ever get like the ugh, FIFA bullshit? Like you, you say that out loud. Like I don't get that with PES. I'm like, that was my fault. Like if I fuck up, I'm like, man, that was me. No, that's true. I'm, I've, 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 I have experienced that quite often, where I feel like I'm getting gypped by the computer. Yeah. 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 Same. Yeah. Very much. I'll have to, I'll, well, I'll, if, if PES has a demo, I'll definitely, you know, check it out. I, I, I yeah, they do. I think. Yeah, they right? do. Yeah, and continues on the cover. So I think so. Well, fuck yeah. that guy. Fuck him. Well, I mean, like, yes, Gritty, yes. Right, Gritty, whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just stating facts. All right, let's move on hey, to group H. Yeah, right, group, let's group, move on to group H. Yeah, a little turncoat. All right, anyways, uh, so, so, so group H, group H uh, wrapping up the Champions League, we have – all right, so this is the team, guys. This is the team that everyone thinks is just going to be shooting to win because they have CR7. You know, it's like it's all about the Champions League. You know, they don't care about Serie A anymore. They've won it seven years in a row. They don't give a damn about Italian calcio. All they care about is the Champions League. Guys, Juventus Turin with Cristiano Ronaldo uh, spearheading the attack. They're in Group H. And wouldn't you know that his old club, Manchester United, just so happens to be drawn in the same group. That is going to be 90 minutes one way and 90 minutes the other way of fantastic, dramatic football. Because I didn't say it's going to be good football. It's going to be dramatic football. Because magical I, football. Magical. It yeah, yeah. It's going to be that old school, like, returning to your own club, like, saying sorry to your fans after uh, you score on them, like Cristiano has already done. But uh, Kevin and I already talked about this shit, and I have Juventus actually winning this whole thing. Kevin has Barcelona, but I genuinely think Cristiano Ronaldo changes from Clark Kent to Superman when it comes to that Champions League. So in the group, in this group stage, I think Juventus wins this shit no problem at Old Trafford and in Turin, and obviously they beat both the other teams. Um, with Valencia and uh, Young Boys. But I think the question and the uncertainty surrounds Manchester United instead of uh, Juventus. Can, and this fucking pains me to admit, but can Manchester United beat Valencia? Can Manchester United finish above Valencia? Or no, or no. Because if, if they cannot, if they lose both uh, group stage games to Valencia, 
and they're out. Jose Mourinho's obviously out. Guys, I wanna I wanna put something into perspective for you gentlemen, just here real quick about recent Manchester United history as it pertains to European competitions. A couple years ago, Manchester United lost the group stage to Wolfsburg from the Bundesliga. That. I remember that I was depressed for like two months. They also <laughs> they also lost a game to Michelin from Denmark. You also remember that? Yes. For two months. Are you are you making fun of Martin's mental health? Because that's I really think you really that, are really not PC of you, Gritty. <laughs> guys, not... guys, you guys are talking about whether they can finish up, whether they can beat uh, Valencia. My question to you is, can they beat Young Boys? Oh! I feel like I'm not. I'm like okay. Okay. All right. All right. No, hold are, me are, back. Hold are you, me back. Okay. Well, let me go first. Let me go first. You've you've talked enough. I went and took a piss while I'm about to. Try. Okay. Critty. I I definitely agree with you that Man United is not the Man United of before, but I, you'd have to think this is like you know this is Young Boys' first Champions League. Am I not wrong? Uh, it's been a long time, and I don't think it's their first, but it is their first in many years. Okay. I'll look that up, though, while you're talking. Go ahead. All right. I would have to think, in my, in my, in my mind's eye, my heart of hearts, that I, I just think Man United would have to get at least through man, uh, young boys, not man boys. Uh, I'm not talking about <laughs> always sunny. I'm not talking about always sunny, you know. Uh, but I would have to think they get through young boys, and... I think Valencia is the toss-up, and I want to say, I mean, as much as it kills me, I would have to say Man United gets through Valencia, but I was wrong last year of Sevilla, so I, I definitely think it's a toss-up between Valencia and Man United, but if I were to go, like, you know, just for the podcast, like, give a give a definite pick, I would do Juventus first, who I think just steamrolls through the competition. I mean, Ronaldo has been slow in Serie A, but I think he, I mean, he was slow last year, am I wrong, in La Liga, and he just turned it up for the Champions League. I mean, the guy just wants to like be the Champions League all-time goal scorer. If right, right, he's not. Is he? Is he already is? I think he already is. Yeah. All right. So yeah, he wants to make sure that record is just solidified, like that no one can touch it. Because I think Messi's creeping. So I think he's just saving all his energy for the Champions League. I think it's going to be Juventus, Man United, and then Valencia by a hair. Another tight. Tight window in this table. Martin, do you want to take this from here? Valencia by a hair in third place? In third place, yes. You guys have got a lot of faith in United. <laughs> you, no, I have no, to. No. I have to. Um, Jose Mourinho, he's your inter guy. He's the guy who's won so much in everywhere he's Guys, I, I was going to ask you this question. I was going to ask you this question before we got, before we got off of it. You're talking about Jose Mourinho. So let's let's, before we get any further ahead of ourselves, guys, by the time this group hits its uh, business end of things, so uh, match days three, four, and beyond, is Jose Mourinho even going to be the manager of Manchester United? You know what's crazy? <laughs> what? We are three games into the season. Yes. Three games into the season, and already Jose Mourinho is being critiqued. Already Jose Mourinho is is said to be fired. And it's it's absolutely insane to me to think that Jose Mourinho can be fired after three games into the season. While and I'm sorry, Kev, I'm gonna insult your team here. So. While Unai Emery has the exact same amount of points right now. 
and he's not even talked about being fired. Well, it's his first season. He's got... Yeah, it's his first season. Fuck it's, it's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. But Jose Mourinho's Manchester United finished second in the Premier League last year. If Manchester City didn't have that record-breaking uh, run last year, they would have won. Jose Mourinho won the FA Cup. Jose Mourinho won the Europa League. So I think it is absolutely ridiculous to question whether Jose Mourinho is going to be the manager at the time that Champions League rolls around. If Jose Mourinho is going to be the Champions uh, League manager, so to speak, he's going to win. It might be ugly. It probably definitely will be ugly, and it will be soccer that I don't want to watch. But he's still going to win. However, if by some chance that Jose Mourinho is fired before the start of this next year and Zinedine Zidane takes his place, y'all better watch the fuck out because Zizou knows what he is doing and he can wreck anybody. So yeah, I think it's going to... And that's why that's why I'm asking the question, not out of disrespect to Jose Mourinho, but more so... Is Man United, is Manchester United and the Glazers, are, have they seen enough? Is the train going back, or excuse me, is the bus, no pun intended, going, uh-huh. going backwards at this point? And is there a guy that's waiting in the wings that you know will be an instant spark plug to the club that you could hire? That's my question. Because let me ask you this scenario. If you're sitting there in the Premier League uh, on match day nine or match day ten, and United is in seventh place, which they very well could be. There's a lot of good teams in the Premier League this season. And they are, say, third in the group stage after three or four match days in the Champions League. That's not going in the right direction. And that's having given Jose three or four months to sort of right the ship. So in that scenario, do you have to pull the trigger at that point to save what's left of your season to try and get a top four? Because Manchester United depends on that top four in that Champions League. In addition to, do we want to save ourselves and try and get to this to this round of 16 by finishing second in this group? If Zizou's available, which I think he will be, I don't think anyone's going to hire him before then, if you, if you don't see a dramatic improvement from Jose Mourinho, and let's make no mistake about it, you know, if they're not in the top three or four by match day 10, that's a step in the, in the wrong direction because last season they basically were bookend to bookend number two. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I've got two arguments. And one argument is I do not I do not want Manchester United to be that club, to be that team that fires a manager every single year, every single year that he disappoints you. Because there were years that Sir Alex Ferguson finished third, fourth, second, and uh, United's board never took steps to fire him. I do not want to become that Chelsea team who fires their manager every two years to win the Premier League. That's my first argument against firing Jose Mourinho. Mm-hmm. My second one is for the firing of Jose Mourinho. If it is mathematically impossible to get to the top four, to challenge to the title, to advance in the group stage, that and that only is the point when you fire Jose Mourinho, when it is mathematically impossible. You don't fire him because he plays boring-ass soccer. Everybody knows he plays boring-ass soccer. He did that shit at uh, Chelsea. He did that shit at Real Madrid. 
He actually played fun uh, soccer at Inter Milan, but that's another story. And he's doing it again right now at Manchester United. But the second it becomes mathematically impossible for him to make a positive change at Manchester United and in their standings, both in that uh, Champions League conversation and the domestic league competition, that's when you fire him. You don't fire him because you want the prettier girl. You want that hot-ass girl. You fire him because your current girlfriend isn't putting out. You fire him because you hate her family. You fire him. Jesus. Look, it's a, it's a lot of personal shit coming out, Critty. It's a lot of personal oh, shit. God. But you God, fire God, him. Critty, what, what, what Pandora's box did you just yeah, open? Critty, you Martin. fucked me up, oh, my God. oh, well, I didn't mean to do all that now. <laughs> all, right. all right, Critty. Critty, reel this in. What, what, is, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I, I, I see the argument for and, – and, and I hey, just to be honest with you, I 100% agree with you. Manchester United should not be like Chelsea that basically flips the coin and they, they you know, oh, Conte wins, the, wins the, uh, the, the Premier League this year. He's okay. Next year he finishes in fifth, but he wins the FA Cup. That's not enough. So, you're, 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 you know, you're out. Um, no, you need to have some continuity. You need to build consistency. My problem with Jose Mourinho is – I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but when you have players who are rumored to not want to transfer to United because they don't want to play for him, when he's creating such a toxic environment and he's you know, really, really going over the top with the theatrics and the antics and the press conferences and reminding everyone of, of how great he's been in the past, living off past glory is not making up for your, for your mistakes today. You have to face the music. You have to understand you just got your ass whipped by Tottenham. Own up to it. Don't sit there and tell me you won three Premier League titles. I know you did. You also won a trouble at Inter. But guess what, asshole? That was eight fucking years ago. So. It's, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, the, please. No Nickelback. Please. No Nickelback. Please. Keep singing Nickelback. Is, is, Drake, is Drake the Nickelback of rap? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I will so so, that, so that's, that's, my, that's my thought on Mourinho. Media focus. All of the media's focus. Every single pundit. Every single sports station. Whether it be domestic like ESPN, FS1, Sky Sports, uh, BBC. Is focused directly on Jose Mourinho and Manchester United. And I'm not saying that uh, Jose Mourinho is faultless. God knows he's not. But the amount of scrutiny that he faces on a daily basis, can you not just see how that would add to someone's fucking anger from day-to-day basis? Because the man finished second. He won more uh, trophies than anybody else post-Sir Alex Ferguson era. He's won more trophies than Liverpool and Manchester Manchester City since 2014 for Manchester United alone. So can you not see that Jose Mourinho is in some type of way righteously upset that he's being targeted? Yeah, I can. I see the argument there. I, I do. I, I do. But but he brings it on himself. In in all fairness, he when he he says stuff like, "Hey, that." that that's like if someone. That's like if someone. That's like if um, if 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 someone uh, you know, like Ronda Rousey had a UFC fight today and got her ass beat again, and she's like, well, you know, I I was the, the women's champion four years ago. 
You, man, that, that's like that's like Allen Iverson saying I was the MVP in 2001. I mean, don't, dude, don't bring up AI, please. Don't, that's, don't that, even. By don't the way, now now that now that that gentleman was intentional. That's what you call intentional. Anyway, yeah, don't. Okay, I, I I agree with you. I think it's kind of like you know everything's on a fucking magnifying glass now. Everything is so hyper because of social media. Because of us, because of people like us, because yeah. of the media, yeah. we cause this and we like hyperventilate about Josie Mourinho. And we don't really take time to appreciate what he's done. And honestly, my biggest takeaway from this whole like Josie Mourinho breakdown in the press conference is like the guy misses Arsene Wenger. That was, you know, that was his <laughs> shit talking go to. The guy was like, he's been waiting to drop this line to be like, oh, yeah, I've won three Premier Leagues more than all the 19 combined. He's like, oh, thank God. Arsene Wenger's gone, so I can drop this line. Yep. That's been my that's been my biggest takeaway. But no, I, I, I get where you're no, I totally agree with you, Crady. The guy has brought on himself. He's caused these meltdowns. Obviously, the guy's not been a fan of the media and the media's I mean, it's like the Belichick uh, syndrome. Like, you know, both both sides are not fans of each other. You said the Bella Twins syndrome? Is that what you said? Oh Bel Belichick, sorry. Oh Belichick uh, oh Bill Belichick. Sorry, sorry. I I, yeah, I, thought, sorry, you, sorry. I thought you said the Bella Twins. I'm sorry. Oh no! I don't. I don't even know who that is. WWE, baby. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you. So I thought that's what you said. You know. And also, hey. All right. Okay. All right. So, does so, Manchester United advance through or not, Critty? For me, they do advance, but to the Europa League. Oh, 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 oh. damn! Me and Man, me and Martin looked at each other like, damn, Critty, damn, like nice. And then oh. we both we both looked at each other with like. Uh, like surprise. Uh, I mean, I think both of us have Man U going in second place. Yeah, so that's but I, majority I, rules. Majority rules. You, you, you guys, you guys have got me. And yeah. So. All right, all right. If Valencia advances, we both shotgun a four loco. How's that? True. Damn right. I like it. All right. All right. All right so, to, so basically, uh, to wrap up the uh, Group H officially, officially, because we, my God, we went on a fifteen-minute United rant. Holy shit! I know. Um, it's, e it's, it's easy that's to the do. Problem about potting with me because I, I will fight you to the fucking death about United. I know. I'm like every time we do our own podcast, I'm like, Martin, we got to move on. He's like, No, no. <laughs> um, so we have Juventus uh, advancing as the as the group winners. Manchester United finishing in second. And I believe Valencia, gentlemen. By the way, the answer to young boys: thirty-two years. It's been thirty-two years since they've been oh, in the okay. European Cup. Yeah, thirty-two. Well, so as as people who are well, I'm twenty-four. You're twenty-five. They're, uh, you know, I, I, they, 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 I, I, I believe they've never been in it. So since I've been born, so nothing counts before I was born. So yeah. Well, they definitely have never been in the Champions League. The last time they were in this competition, it was called the European Cup. So yeah, it's uh, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Been a few. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, quickly tell the, tell the good people uh, where they can find you and uh, quickly about your show, uh, The Lads Podcast. Hi, uh, we're Lads Podcast or Loud Americans Discussing Soccer. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, we have Instagram at Lads Podcast, uh, Twitter at Lads underscore podcast, Facebook, Loud Americans Discussing Soccer. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash Lads Podcast. Um, Critty, thank you so much for having us. We can't appreciate you giving us the time to drink beer and be rowdy. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Also, Critty, uh, just FYI, I'm actually moving back down to North Carolina tomorrow. Oh. If we are ever close to each other 
and we want to catch a match. Let's absolutely catch a match, drink some beers, and meet in person. It's done. Consider it done. Consider it done. Absolutely. That's fantastic, man. I'm looking forward to that. We, I guarantee you that uh, if uh, this season, I'm thinking, if you're moving down tomorrow, uh, dude, the season just kicked off. We got plenty of time. Plenty of time to catch a match. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, where are you in South Carolina? Charleston. I'm in Charleston. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's oh. like three hours away from oh, my, my hometown. So oh, oh. we got to make that meet. Yeah. We'll make that happen. We'll make that happen. As they say, as, as Roseanne told uh, Sean Hannity, DM me. DM me, bro. Oh, DM me. Slip in those DMs, dog. That's my go-to. That's right. Just move. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, all right, thank you so much, man. All right, guys, thank thank you guys so much for being on. This has been the Kings of Europe, and they have been Kevin and and, and my boy Martin. They are the Loud Americans discussing soccer, and uh, we'll catch you same place, same time next week. Take care, everyone.